Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. We're talking today about our relationships with our adult kids and how we go about preparing our children for adulthood. What are the kinds of skills they actually really need in order to be an adult? Now, there's a lot of quirky answers to this, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. The quirky things that people need in order to become an adult. So let's take a look at this first one. When I sent my first college kids off to school, I would end up talking to them at some point in the semester, and they would say, oh man, I've been sick for a week because we didn't talk every day, obviously. They were off on their own. And they'd be like, oh, I've been sick for a week and it's just terrible. It stinks. And I was like, oh man, did you have to miss class? And how are you making that up? And and I realized that I really hadn't taught them how to figure out when it's good or not good to miss class. They just had to figure it out on themselves and how to make it up and how to call somebody and talk to them and, and figure all that out. But more than that was just the illness itself. I was like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, I just got this runny nose that won't stop. It's driving me crazy. And I've got this sore throat or whatever. And I was like, okay, so did you take some Benadryl? And they'd be like, Benadryl? Oh, I kind of remember that. Like, yeah, there are over-the-counter medicines that you can take for a runny nose. Benadryl stops your nose from running. Did you know that? Oh, okay, now wait, what's the name of that again? (laughs) They would write it down. And so they suffered needlessly because even though they had taken those kinds of over-the-counter meds at home, they had just forgotten and weren't trained to identify what the symptom was with what kind of medicine they needed. So I sent the next kid with a bunch of little bottles of the kinds of -of over-the-counter medicine and told them, this is what this is for, this is what this is for. And I had them repeat it back to me like, this is what these things are for still didn't work. They didn't have it memorized. They didn't know what it was. They just um, would suffer needlessly. So they didn't think to call mom and go, hey, what do I take for this? Or even if they would, they would be like, oh, I don't, I can't remember. What do I take for this? So this is what happened with my younger kids. I have a little tiny clear bottle of meds that I carry with me when I travel. And so I have in the same little jar, ibuprofen, Benadryl, Sudafed, and Tylenol. Stuff simple, 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 the most basic over-the-counter medicines you can have for a cold. And it's, so it's just this little colorful bottle. And one kid was going off to school and we hadn't had time to go get all the stuff. And so I gave them this little tiny jar and was like, all right, do you know the difference between all of these? And instead of having a, a little jar or a little box or whatever it was in that they had to go and read when they weren't feeling well and figure out, they just memorized what the little pills were, the color they were, and what they were there for. See that little pink one? That's Benadryl. That's what happens if your nose is running, it dries it up. Okay, that's the little pink one. That's all it does. Next one, Sudafed. See that little tiny red one? If your nose is stuffy, that loosens it up so that you can breathe again. That's all it does. It has. It just addresses one symptom. None of these things cures your cold. They address symptoms so that you feel better, so that you can sleep, and then your body heals itself because it's getting enough sleep. Oh, and of course, don't forget the liquids. And we did the same with the Tylenol and ibuprofen. This is what this is for. This is for a headache. This is for muscle aches. And once they kind of had the symptom associated with the little colored pill, they memorized it and it was useful. And they could take them whenever they had some kind of a symptom they knew what to do. 
There's all kinds of quirky little things like that that we want our college kids to know. So first of all, we're not going to be able to pass on everything we've learned in our 40 or 50 years of living to them. That's just not going to happen. And it's not even like a race where we want to try to do as much as possible and just jam as much as possible into them. But we do want to prepare them. And there's a couple of reasons for that. So first of all, obviously, we want to prepare them because when they get to college, they've got enough to deal with that if they also have to figure out their laundry and they also have to figure out, you know, how to handle an illness and they also have to figure out how to get brave and call a professor or something like that, then all of those things just pile up and pile up and pile up. And the more we can remove from those layers of adjustment by at least knowing how to do some things, the better they're going to handle the stress of being on their own and being away from you so and from their home life. Let's take a look at some of the other quirky little things that we need to know as adults. One of them is, what do you do when you get pulled over by a policeman, when you get a ticket? How do you even know you're being pulled over? How do you know it's you and not somebody else? Or what do you get, do if you get into a little fender better, if you get into a little accident? What kinds of things do you do? That's super helpful. Another thing is, what do you do when you're overwhelmed at school and you're crying in the shower and you're just like overwhelmed emotionally and also overwhelmed with um, doubts about your ability to be in school and overwhelmed with past due assignments. What do you do when you get overwhelmed? Do you know how to pull apart what's happening? Do you know how to call someone for help? Do you know how to make a schedule and make a, a list of the things that you need to do? How about making your own appointments? It seems so funny, but we make appointments for our kids all the time and we don't remember the first one that we had to make where we felt nervous and didn't know what to say and didn't know what to expect and what they might do or say. And so having your kids make their own appointments from early on is such a helpful skill. Or even how to fill out their own medical history. It's surprising how many people don't know how to do that. They don't know their own medical history about what kinds of immunizations they've had or whether they've had chickenpox or not. Another skill that's so helpful is how to advocate for yourself how to stand up and ask for something. We pride ourselves in being really independent, and so asking for things is not something that we're used to doing. So how do we stand up for ourselves and ask for something without feeling weak or having it be super vulnerable, so vulnerable that we're not willing to do it? Another skill is how do we have a conversation with somebody that we don't know? People who work in places where we have to interact with them whether it's taking our car to a mechanic, talking to a bank teller, um, anybody. How do you actually have this conversation with somebody that you don't know? And it sounds again like, how silly is that? You just walk up and you talk to them. We get so used to it. We don't think that about how children sometimes don't have experience with that. And practicing that skill helps them to not be afraid of it. There are actually kids who seem really, really competent and able in their lives, and yet they have some fears of little things like this that they will do anything to avoid, and so they find ways to work around it, which is great. That's what adults do. We're always going to find ways to work out something that we can't do, but if they're afraid to talk with someone that they don't know, actually just adopting the skill can be useful instead of trying to go around it and find other ways to handle their lives without having to make that call or walking up to the person. 
Here's another good one in the realms of going out into the world. How about handling the frustration that everyone doesn't think the same as you do? When you realize that other people have different opinions and ideas about things, then how do you handle that? Can you hold space for someone else's ideas and opinion? Can you do it with um, respect? Can you state your own position? Can you listen to somebody else's position? Can you agree to disagree? Or are you relentlessly pursuing them changing their mind and not accepting that they're not going to? The timing of things. That's another one. Being able to adjust your morning routine and to set an alarm. First of all, getting up to an alarm clock um, on your own is obviously a life skill. Um, but, but being able to figure out what your morning routine looks like so that you can get to the car or the bus or the walking or whatever you're going to do to get to your job on time and actually showing up on time. That's a skill that people need to practice. All things time-related just take practice. I was talking with one of my young adult kids, and this is almost Thanksgiving time, and I thought it was cool. He was getting together with some of his siblings, and he said that he had created a little spreadsheet of what time things needed to be in the oven and at what temperature so that they could manage this, this whole Thanksgiving meal. Like, how do you prepare this? How do you get all these things done at the same time? I thought it was great that he actually created a spreadsheet so that he could figure this out. It's a skill. It takes practice. As you think about all of these skills that we could go on and list lots of things that the kids need to learn in order to be adults, I want you to know that, first of all, you're not starting from zero. Your kids have some skills. You have given them some competencies. You've taught them some things. So you're not starting from zero. They're not starting from zero. They have the ability to learn new things on their own. You're not going to give them 100% of what they need to know. They're going to figure it out. It's going to be okay. But for me, taking a look at some of the quirky things that our kids need to learn helps us to better prepare them for being out on their own. There's one more really, really important element of this, and that is what skills do we need to learn in order for them to be on their own? What do we need to do and change in our attitudes, in our mindsets, in our behaviors, so that we have a better relationship while they are out on their own. We actually need to change too. In our class discussion of this, we came up with a lot of ideas that we need to learn, a lot of skills that we need to learn. One of them was how to listen. And then not only just how to listen, but how to listen without giving advice. That's a really hard thing to do. We had some really specific skills come up, like to ask, hey, I have some thoughts. Um, can I tell you what I'm thinking? Or, hey, I have a story to tell you about this. Or, do you have some space for a story? Or even at the beginning of the conversation to ask this question, do you want me to listen or are you looking for advice? And that way you can just listen and not think about all the things that you might be trying to do to help them solve this issue. Another thing that we can learn is that we are separate from them and to recognize wholly about how to separate ourselves and to not pin our success on anything that they do. That our success as a parent is based on the actions that we take and not their results and how they turn out or the choices they make. Their choices are their choices. Our choices are our choices. Another skill that we came up with was how to have a conversation and to not take things personally. 
to realize that the differences that they have or the things that they're saying, even if they can hurt you on occasion, is to not take it personally. And that leads us to another school, which is to handle hurt that happens in a conversation or in something in the relationship with our adult kids and to take that and be able to self-soothe it, to self-regulate it, to just handle our own emotions and not need our kids to change or do anything in order for our emotions to be okay. Taking personal responsibility for our emotions is something we've probably already developed, but if not, we need to work on that as our relationships with our adult kids evolve. Another one that was really interesting was how to say things in less space, fewer words. One person had a rule for themselves where they would say something and they needed to say it in 10 words or less. So before they spoke, they would ponder what was the main point they really needed to say. They would say it in 10 words or less and then they would just stop. And sometimes their kids would be listening for more and waiting for more. And when there was no more, they'd have to kind of stop and think about what was said. But after the first little part, often kids won't continue to listen unless you ask permission to tell them that story or to give them the advice. Then they might be more willing and open to listen for a little bit longer. So that was a really interesting idea. Another thing we can do is to learn to hold space. It's the idea of I'm going to be me and you're going to be you and we're going to have this conversation in this little safe space but you don't have to change for me and I don't have to change for you. We're gonna hold space for each other and you get to be you and I get to be me. Another skill that we talked about is how to actually bring something up when there is true risk. When you see something happening that you believe is risky, how to not just stay back and let them live their own lives and make all their own choices without saying what you see from your wisdom's experience. How to do that in a way that's clear and in a way that's helpful. It's really important as we try to help our kids with skills to realize that they're not the only ones who need the skills. There's a lot of change going on in our lives as well as their lives, and we need new skills too. We have a different role, and in some ways, taking on that new role or identifying a new space for ourselves or carving out a new role for ourselves is a skill in and of itself. Things are changing and finding a way for you to create something new in this relationship is super powerful and useful. The idea is that with all of the different things that there are for our kids to learn and know as they are off on their own, some things they'll learn on their own. They're not starting from, some, from zero. They already know some things. And as we approach them, we can do it with some creativity. We can ask ourselves what actually do they need to know? And it doesn't really matter if your kid is 10 and you're thinking about giving them their own laundry to do, if your kid is 14 or 15 and you're starting to talk about their first job, or if you're buying toothbrush for them and a toothpaste for them to be heading off onto their own next week. At whatever stage they're in, it's useful to take a minute and rethink what it is they really need to know, what would be really useful to them, and what you can do to establish a new relationship with them so that you're the one that they'll come to when things aren't going well. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.